Support for this podcast and the following message come from Georgetown School of Continuing Studies, where you can earn a master's degree or professional certificate downtown or online. All options, all Georgetown. Learn more at scs.georgetown.edu. Before we get to this week's show, uh, we, we need to tell you about NPR One. It's an app that uh, opens up a whole world of other shows for you to listen to instead. You can listen to news and podcasts like How to Do Everything. Uh, and whenever you're ready, NPR One has something great just for you. Find it on your app store, N-P-R-O-N-E. All one word. It's not N-P-R-W-O-N. N-P-R actually did not, did not win. Came close. I mean, not really. Close enough. Hey, Adorayo, what can we help you with? Um, so I've been obsessively watching Frasier the last few weeks. That's kind of what Netflix does to you. And I noticed that, you know, they're always in Cafe Nervosa. But the people in the background, their mouths are moving. They're, they seem to be having deep conversations. But you can't hear anybody talking usually, or you just hear kind of like background noise. So I was wondering, what do they talk about? Are they given scripts? Um, or do they just kind of do a good job at at living? Yeah, this this is if I remember, this is this coffee house where a lot of the show takes place, and yeah. there's yeah, there's always kind of bustle in the background, right? And people sometimes look at them, or they're just talking and you know just animatedly speaking. I I want to get to your specific question, but I I also want to ask why did you choose Frasier? <laughs> so I've been I'm also a student at Georgetown, okay, um, and I've been studying for midterm, so Frasier just kind of acted as my escape. Uh, I can't follow my regular shows because then that requires the brain work of following the scripts and all that. So <laughs> Fraser, ah. I already know, and it's an awesome show. I love the show. How my friends f- make fun of me because of it, <laughs> but I love it. How far along are you in the, the, se- the series? Okay, so I'm uh, kind of ashamed to admit this. <laughs> I finished the series last night. <laughs> 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 all 11 seasons. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, goodness. I wonder, as you you chose Frasier sort of as a as an escape during a stressful time, I wonder if any of Doctor Crane's advice in his therapy sessions helped you deal with any of your stress. Oh God. Wait, are you a psychology student? No. <laughs> what are you studying? International HR management. Okay. Yeah. Do you find any of the lessons from Frasier apply to that? I found a lot of HR issues really? <laughs> in the show. <laughs> so a lot of things that I wouldn't apply in my in my field. <laughs> like what? Okay, so they bought a restaurant that was, you know, going out of business and the way that they treated the waiters, um, and even the chefs, they kept changing the menu. Um, one person would come in and say, Oh, make this and then the next one would come in and say, Oh, make this instead. So mm. not planning ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, I'd never thought about it before, but one of the the central through lines is the relationship between Niles and um, Daphne. Daphne, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, even the way they treated Daphne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that should have been a professional relationship. Definitely. She was supposed to be the physical therapist, and then she kind of became the maid. Yeah. And, you know... Anybody could be standing next to the doorbell, but Daphne always had to answer the door no matter where she was. She was always cooking for them and just, yeah, they weren't treating her well. That's an HR violation. <laughs> <laughs> is this, 
Adorayo, is this something you could write a thesis on, you think? Oh, my gosh. I think I could. I could write my capstone on this. I would love to read that. <laughs> HR violations in Fraser. Well, I want to say uh, that I, I'm going to look at Fraser and possibly all television very differently through the lens of human resources from now on. Yes, you should. <laughs> and, uh, we're, and we're very excited to answer your question, so we're going to go try and do that. I look forward to hearing it. Thank you, guys. Okay, we have somebody here who can help you with this very specific question. Uh, first of all, can you introduce yourself for us? Sure. My name is Jesse Heyman. I am the known as the uh, world's greatest extra. Um, I've been doing it for uh, over 15 years, and I just kind of lucked into it, but it was, it's been a great, great career for me. So over those, over those 15 years, how many films have, do you think you've been in? Over 100. I don't know the exact total, but I mean it's it's a lot. I mean I, I mean uh, I I've I've worked with a lot of the top names and and everyone who was at the Oscars. I probably worked with them at in some form on a film. I I worked with Leonardo DiCaprio on Catch Me If You Can. Uh, Steven Spielberg was directing that, so that that was a dream come true for me. I always wanted to work with a with Steven Spielberg on something, and I. Within a year and a half of starting as extra work, I, I was I was working with Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio in in one setting. <laughs> so, is there one particular role, Jesse, that you kind of think of as as maybe your your biggest? Uh, I worked on Old School with with Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn and Luke Wilson and these great comedy people uh, for for six weeks as one of the pledges, and I'm actually credited in the movie. Uh, I did such a good job, and then uh, I worked for five seasons on the show Chuck as as the name character Fernando. But I was I only spoke at the in the final episode. I was non speaking and, and playing as a featured extra. There was a lot of featured bits for me, and that the best you can hope for as an extra is get be featured in something is where people uh, people will notice you. I you know I love when the credits roll. I love seeing the names of the characters that they will assign to people uh, right. who are kind of in the background. Can, can you list off a few of, of the, the names of the characters you've, you've played? Sure. I've been geek number one, geek number two, uh, a guy showing his belly, um, take away Liggly shopper. Uh, I was a lucky, lucky party goer. So Jesse, because you're becoming, you're becoming recognizable as an extra. Right. Is that ever a liability? Do directors ever worry that you'll be, you'll be too distracting that, that people will, will focus on you because they recognize you? It, it does, it does uh, cause there to be a little uh, less work, but I'm, still, I'm, I'm taking advantage of that because I'm, I'm not just doing extra work anymore. I'm also doing the speaking roles, and every, every time I, I have a day off, I have the opportunity to maybe have an audition and then go expand my career. What a funny thing that you have a job where... You can be so good at your job, yeah, that it hurts your ability to do your job. Well, it's just my abilities as an extra, but it it it, it helps my abilities to gain more roles. I mean, I I want to eventually go to one of these award shows and actually be there for a reason besides just being a you know an extra or something. You know, I want to be a but but a lot of people said have been telling me that you know if if they you know I I actually had a friend the other day say. You know, you know that thing they do on the Oscars, the in memoriam. Like, if, I, I have a feeling, like after you die, you'll be like the first extra to be, actually be on there. 
that's a nice thing to say, but uh, it's a little, you know, grim to hear, think about that. But hopefully I'll get a little more, get recognition before, before that, you know. I do feel like there should be an Oscar for what you do. Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, there should be a an award. It doesn't have to be an Oscar. It could be any of the award shows. It could be a SAG Award or it could be a, a Golden Globe or something, you know. But honestly, I'm, it's not about the awards. It's just about the uh, the recognition from the peers of other actors that, that we are as important as they are in the film or the TV show, you know. Do you... um? I mean, do you want to do you want to make an Oscar speech right now? We'll 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 even bring in some orchestra and play you off. If you want. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for this award. I I want to thank my agents and my all the uh, companies that have hired me over the years, and my of course my mom, my dad for all their support. They always <clears throat> they always supported me. They always said, you know, just keep going, keep your head above the clouds, and or, you know, uh, on your shoulders and just keep going. You know, we we should actually get to Adorayo's question. Well, Um, Jesse's here. uh, So, Jesse, what do extras do when they're having a conversation in the background? Put it this way. uh, I try to do or I try to make it look like I'm doing something that would make sense for the scene. Uh, if I'm at a cafe with my friends, uh, I would try to be have it look like I'm talking about something going on in our lives. Like, hey, how are you? What's going on with your life? How, hey, how's that burger? How's that sandwich? I try to make it look like I'm talking about something that we're doing at the cafe or oh, I'll, I'll, you want to split the bill with me or something? Like, you know, I'll try to make the what the words are that I'm saying have make sense with what the setting is. And are you, whatever it is that you're talking about, are you talking normally or is there... No, we're not, well, we're not allowed to talk. I mean, we, we, if we, if everyone, if all the background actually got to talk, uh, we'd all have to get credits. They'd have, all give us extra money, which would be nice, but uh, <laughs> they, they don't. And it's called pat- pantomimes. Uh, and it's basically it's, it's, it's talking without talking. It's like, I mean, I I could do it right now, but you wouldn't hear me. So. Well, let's 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 give it a try. Okay. So. Watermelon. Oh. Watermelon. Now apparently, I I, I was saying I was mouthing words watermelon and mortgage. And apparently, if you if they've they've taught us if you if you mouth mouth the words watermelon and mortgage in scenes. It supposedly makes it look like you're talking about anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Any tone and, and any seriousness or any comedy, you could, you could say just wow the words mortar, watermelon, mortgage. And it just, it just sounds like, looks like you're talking about something serious or something funny. That's fantastic. Yeah. And how perfect if you're ever in a scene where you're at a picnic, say, with yep. a real estate broker. Exactly. Perfect. That would be a perfect setting for both of those. Well, Jesse, this has been so great talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I think there's more we can do for Adorayo and her question. Right, do you want me to answer that right now? On the line with us now is Perry Gilpin. She starred as Roz Doyle on the TV show Frasier. And we should say that uh, the one thing about podcasts is there aren't extras in podcasts. There are no background characters, which is 
uh, ultimately kind of a shame. So we've asked Jesse uh, if he would hang around, and he is going to uh, serve as an extra during this interview. All right, so uh, Perry, you heard Adorayo's question. What do you have for her? Uh, that there, there's a wide, wide, wide range of topics being discussed back there. Mainly, how much everybody's getting paid for being there, acting like they're talking about something back there. No, really. <laughs> no, no. That you have to fake it. You know, there's it's it's wired for sound, so uh, everyone has to mime. But it's probably. You know, if you look closely, it's usually the same, you know, 15 to 20 people. And a lot of those people were stand-ins for the, for, the, for the cast. So they were very much a part of the set. And they would be talking about anything from, like, what's for lunch to, uh, you know, I can't believe they made me wear this stupid coat, but, it's, but it, I had to change it out of my clothes because Kelsey was wearing the same color I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, so those those customers, this you know, what we would think of as viewers, just as random people, really episode to episode is probably the same fifteen or so people. Yeah, and then, and then there would there would be other you know depending hey, on an episode. Hey, Bill, can you pass me the watermelon? Yeah, so uh, Jane and I are talking about getting a mortgage because we uh, like the townhomes we looked at the other day. Yeah. Oh. Hey, watch out for the seeds. They know what they're doing. Is it? I mean, I imagine you're, you know, you're in character and you're focused, but is it at all surreal to be there doing your job uh, in the foreground and you're surrounded by, you know, a dozen people who are mouthing the words, who like look like they're having conversations, but it's silent? Of course. I mean, it's as surreal as it can possibly be, but it's part of, (laughs) it's part of what you get used to. Yeah. You know, and it's and my nightmare was always dancing because they have they if if you have to dance a lot of times you have to dance to no music in the background you know so you have to fake really dancing. yes <laughs> and I always thought oh I'm so glad I'm not I'm not I don't have to do that you know and then of course I did it in a movie once with Ray Liotta and we had to dance all night long at a wedding with no music and you know there's just nothing more embarrassing how do you, how do you get <laughs> on the same beat. You just try. You just have to. You just have to figure out how to do it. I don't know. I mean, you just have to get past being mortified and just make it work. <laughs> There's no one calling out like one, two, three, one. There's none of that. No, no, because they can't make any noise. Perry, can we ask you another question? This also comes from Adorayo. Sure. Okay, so Adorayo is studying uh, international HR management, right? Human resources. That's right. So she's studying uh, human resources and. Throughout the 11th series, 11 seasons of Frasier, she noticed some HR violations. Oh, really? Apparently, there was an episode where uh, Niles and Frasier bought a restaurant. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, there was also the, uh, the way they treated Daphne, I guess. They hired her as a physical therapist, but, it, but treated her like a maid. <laughs> well, the restaurant episode which is a classic, yes, they violated every possible law of, of just humanity <laughs> at that restaurant. So, but the, then the thing about Daphne is funny because we talked about that all the time, too, and Jane joked about it a lot, and so did the writers. That she was supposed to be this physical therapist who sort of also was a, did some light housekeeping. And all they right, uh, really let's work on this line, yeah. Uh, hand me the wrench. Yeah, 
Uh, okay, the, uh, we've got the oil change, all right, and we've got the tires, right? Sometimes she'd have to come in, like, from another room to get the door. So it did become kind of a, you know, but she complained about it as Daphne, too. Yeah. Well, Perry, thank you so much for uh, helping out Adorayo. Sure, you're welcome. Hey, we want to tell you about our sponsor this week, Casper. They're an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days. Do whatever you want on the mattress for 100 days. Send it back free, delivery and returns. Give that thing, I mean, give it a workout. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price and it's outrageous what you're doing on that mattress for 100 days. Go to casper.com slash everything to check out their options. Uh, really, this is, uh, this is your only chance to uh, fully test out this mattress, which if you like it, is going to be with you the rest of your life. So uh, think about everything that could possibly happen on, near, under that mattress. Do it. Do it again. And then, uh, then you know, get on the mattress. See if it has been affected by those uh, strange acts. You've got a get-out-of-jail-free card with this mattress. For 100 days, you can do whatever you damn well please. Casper doesn't care. Send it back. Free delivery and returns. Plus, they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code EVERYTHING to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. And whoever else you want to try out on it for 100 days. We don't want to tell you what to do, but I will say that if you were to uh, set fire to the mattress, and then uh, you would probably, it would probably be easier to mail back to Casper if it were just a Ziploc bag full of its cremains. Just keep the tag. Just send back that tag. Terms and conditions apply. They, uh, they, it probably does say something about burning the yeah. mattress. Yeah, fires a, a, a burned mattress is probably a condition. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I learned that if you want to look like you're talking, what you should say is watermelon mortgages. Watermelon mortgages. Yeah, just looking at your lips when you say that, it could be anything, I guess. But I could hear you saying watermelon mortgages, so it just sounds like nonsense. So um, it's you know it's been my dream. I think it's the dream of of many Americans to 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 own my own watermelon. I can't just uh, go out and and buy it in cash willy nilly. Mm. So I have been I've been talking with a, a, a lender about getting a watermelon mortgage. Where do you go to get that? There's not. I wouldn't say there's a lot of reputable. Yeah. Um, but for just ten percent down. 20% if you don't want to pay watermelon insurance. Okay. Sure. Uh, but yeah, in just 30 years, uh, which is uh, roughly 29.9 years after I will finish eating the watermelon, Yeah. Uh, it'll be paid off. How much does the water... I, maybe personal, how much does it cost? Uh, it's uh, $8. So with just $2 down, even less... What are your monthly payments then, with all the fees and everything? With the interest, it's about eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. Do you have any points on that? Oh yeah. The thing is, a lot of people during the subprime, yeah, they got under watermelon on their mortgages. 
and uh, their watermelons are actually worth less than the, the value of the mortgage. That's funny. I remember because a lot of uh, economic forecasts did say there was a watermelon bubble. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Jonathan. Jonathan did great work monitoring all of our heart rhythms. I was actually pronounced dead during our conversation with Perry Gilpin. Yeah, that was tough. I wasn't sure whether or not we wanted to bring you back. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. You can get us your questions. Send them to us at howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Finally, that show is done. But we do have more shows to offer you. Not this show, but, uh, for example, check out the NPR Politics Podcast. That's where NPR's political reporters talk to you like they talk to each other. Uh, Sam Sanders uh, and Ari Shapiro talk to each other using only a series of clicks. And no, no actual words. Tamara Keith and Sue Davis speak only in metaphor. With weekly roundups, short takes on news, and uh, an accounting of everything that happened at Tanagra, you don't have to keep up with politics to know what's happening this election year. Sanders, his arms open. When the walls fell. Listen and subscribe to the NPR Politics Podcast on the NPR One app and at npr.org slash podcasts. They want us to spell out uh, O-R-G. O-N-O-R-G. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like we're all past that, right? I don't actually think that's appropriate.